Welcome to the Spice of Life podcast, featuring Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer, two talented fighters discussing life, fighting, work, family, balance, and everything in between. Tune in weekly for your fill of laughs. Now, here's your hosts, Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. Welcome back to the Spice of Life podcast. Today, the podcast is brought to you by audible.com you guys can head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash spice and uh audible.com is going to give you guys one free credit for a book and spice life podcast is going to give you 30 days free trial at audible.com so head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash spice and enter the code or you can head on over to our website tsolpodcast.com and uh, pick up all your links for the website's we are also brought to you by Dragon Mist. Dragon Mist is an all-natural topical spray that gives you immediate relief from razor burn cuts, bug bites. Well, have you used it, Luke? I haven't personally, but I have used it on uh, my daughter. She got some scratches from wrestling the other day with our son, and uh, it did work. Um, you know, we sprayed it on. Next day, it was all cleared up, and uh, she, you know, it, it worked good. It smells good. Yeah, I've used it. I use it on razor burn. I use it on acne. It also gives you relief from outbreaks and itchiness from eczema and psoriasis, reduces scarring from injuries, and is saline-free. So if you guys go to www.wickeddragonmist.com and use the promo code MISSSPICE, you'll receive a 30% discount. Or you can visit them in their three retail locations, Bauer Mall, uh, the West Edmonton Mall, and the Kingsway Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. Use the promo code Miss Spice and save 30% in store. We are also brought to you by Balanced Nutrition, meal prep made easy. Tell us about that. Lenita Wilton in uh, Red Deer with Balanced Nutrition. She does uh, meal prep. She also does family food prep and whatever else your needs kind of meet. But we use her for our fight prep and our food. She provides us uh, meals based off of uh, what our what our calorie intake is supposed to be outlined by our nutrition nutrition coach and uh, she cooks for that so you guys can head on over to her facebook page uh, balanced nutrition and uh, you can get her contact info from there and place your order on there and uh, use the promo code spice 10 and receive 10 percent off 10 meals or more so uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty cost effective actually i mean it's eight or nine bucks a meal uh, it's clean you know fish salmon uh, chicken, bison, whatever you guys want, steak. You can pick your vegetables, pick your protein, pick your carbs, and she makes it for you. So it's pretty good. We're also brought to you by Wicked Alternative Body Fashion. Wicked Alternative Body Fashion is Canada's largest selection of body jewelry. Now, Luke, you don't have anything pierced or anything like that. No, I do not. But you do like to wear a necklace every once in a while. Yes, I do. So these guys, they got necklaces and stainless steel and sterling silver. They also stock earrings rings chains necklaces pretty much whatever you guys got pierced they got jewelry for it cool so if you guys go to www.wickedbodyjewelry.ca and use the promo code wicked spice you'll receive a 30 percent discount or you can visit them in their three retail locations bauer mall in red deer alberta the kingsway mall in edmonton alberta and the west edmonton mall use the promo code wicked spice and save 30 percent on your purchase and we'll get to the podcast now. And across the ring, fighting out of the red corner. He wears the red trunks, and he weighed in at 142 pounds. His record, 
26 victories, 8 defeats with 9 wins by knockout. He comes to us from Dublin, California, introducing Kevin Ross. All right, guys, welcome back to the Spice Life podcast. Today on the podcast, we've got the soul assassin, Kevin Ross. Hey, Kevin, what's up? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, my pleasure. So you're just down in Vegas doing some training? Yeah, yeah. Do you got an upcoming fight, or do you make Vegas a regular trip? Uh, I'm usually out here every couple months or so. Uh, both Gina and I got family out here and all my old training partners and stuff, so I try to get out here when I can. Um, but yeah, I'm fighting uh, for the Bellator title June 17th in Rome. Nice. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Who, who yeah, no, nobody knows that. Oh, <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't announced it yet, so hopefully uh, I won't get in trouble for telling you guys. You heard it here. Yeah, you heard it here first. That's always good. I, I think I think they're about to announce it anyway. So. <laughs> who is the opponent? Uh, what's his name? I'd have to look him up real quick. Um, he actually fought uh, Varga in a tournament in Glory. Um. And then uh, he fought Sidichai as well. He went up a weight class. Um, here, I'll pull his name up real quick. He's uh, he's from France, but he's not French. He's um, what Abdella Esbiri hmm. is his name. Um, and they, like I said, they haven't they haven't confirmed anything yet, so I don't know for sure if that's who it's going to be. Um, I, we were actually supposed to fight on. Uh, this one next week in Turin, um, but decided to push it to June um, since it's going to be for the world title and everything. So uh, assuming it's still him, but I'm not sure. Is the show coming up next week, is it just strictly a kickboxing show? Yeah, I I don't know, actually. I, I think so, but I, I couldn't say for sure. I don't, I'm not really positive what, the, what, what exactly they're doing. Um, I know... Last time in Turin, they did both, um, but in uh, Florence they only did uh, kickboxing. So I, I think it is both. Okay, I, I think the, I remember saying that. Yeah, one of those tent pole events that Bellator likes to put on. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. I think that's what they call them. They're kind of fun actually, though, because they have the ring and the cage there. Yeah, and it's really cool how they drop the cage down over the ring and they make a big production about it and everything. Yeah, it's neat. But that's cool. We had uh, Gabriel Varga on the podcast a little while ago, and he was actually saying that you would be a dream match for him. Oh yeah, man. I mean, he is, he is for me as well. You know, we've uh, we've actually um, showed interest in fighting each other f- for forever now. I, I couldn't even say how many years it's been, um, but we've always been on different promotions and things. So now with him signing with uh, Bellator, it's great. Um, you know, I, w- I would have loved to have been his first fight, but considering he just came off a knockout loss and it's his first fight with Bellator, they had to give him somebody first. So I th- believe he's on the fight the weekend after the turn card in uh, Brussels, I think it is, the one Joe's on. Joe Schilling? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's- so ho- ho- hopefully he'll do well and then uh, I'll do well and then we can both fight uh, later on this year. I kind of like that Joe Schilling guy. He's all right. He's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe's crazy. Smoking cigarettes and fighting. Exactly. Yeah. So you've gone from Lion Fight to Bellator, and uh, now, you know, what do you prefer? Like, most of your fights are still, we're always uh, full Muay Thai, and now with Bellator, you're, you're kind of 
you know, different rules. It changes up your game. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 nice kind of uh, starting a new venture. You know, this at this point in my career, um, you know, it kind of gives me some new motivation. I do Muay Thai will always be my my first my first passion, you know, and and I I do miss it and ho- still hope to uh, do some Muay Thai fights in the future. But uh, I, I've been enjoying the kickboxing thing. You know, it's, it's it's just a new challenge, different style, different pace. You know, it's taken me uh, a few fights to uh, get really comfortable in there doing this uh, rule set. But I think it fits my style really well compared to a lot of other uh, Muay Thai fighters. So so I, I, I feel right at home. Mm-hmm. You've got a fellow Muay Thai legend over in Bellator with you, John Wayne Parr. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty actually uh, I'm pretty bummed I'm not on that card since it's going to be his first one. But uh, I'm really excited to, to see how he does. And, you know, I've always uh, looked up to John as a fighter. He's a super nice guy too. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. He's great. He, he came on. I've never fought full Muay Thai. All my fights were kickboxing or, or you know, K one rules. And so he said that I'm not a man yet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get to. I don't get to be a man until I fight full Muay Thai. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna say anything. About that. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, well, bring me out to Australia, then I'll take my first one on your show. And then he he yeah. he said, we'll see. <laughs> so that yeah, was it. Right. But no, I respect it. It's huge, man. It, it's a totally different game, but it's it's completely yeah. different. I was watching your interview on the Joe Rogan experience when when you guys were talking about uh, uh, MMA and Muay Thai, and you're talking about Anderson Silva and the Franklin yeah. fight. How long ago was that interview? Like I don't even know. That was, geez, when did we do that? Um, I guess it had to have been, I can't remember if it was before or after my last fight. I want to say it was before, so um, maybe five months ago. Oh, yeah, I didn't think it was that long ago because, yeah, most of the comments were five, six months ago or something. I think one of them said it was six months ago, so maybe I just was reading the comments. I mean, it it was probably, we probably shot it like a, a few weeks prior to actually airing. So whenever it aired, a, f- a few weeks before that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you were in studio with Joe then for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we went out there. Uh, we actually uh, worked out with him for an hour or two at his house, and then uh, we went over there. It was right after uh, one of the lion fights because then I remember we flew from Vegas to L.A. Um, the day after. Um, so it was like maybe it was October. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I, was, I just thought it was funny because I, I I watched the uh, I only saw part of the clip like about eight eight or nine minutes when you were talking about uh, Anderson Silva and Rich Franklin and then going out to Franklin's gym after for the rematch to help him with the clinch and they weren't listening to and of course all the all the uh, internet keyboard guys are going on about how yeah, who's this guy yeah. in the yellow shirt he doesn't know anything and I'm like do you guys even know, know what they're talking about here I upset a lot of people and you know I. It's 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 funny because Rogan in his last uh, stand-up skit he does a thing about getting pissed off about uh, YouTube comments and stuff, but which cracks me up because it it's hard to not let those things like get to you. You're like, oh, if, you know, they just don't understand what I was talking about. But you know, you start you start trying to uh, reply and have a conversation with people like that. It's it's not going to go anywhere positive. No, of course not. No, and it, yeah. it, I thought it was funny because uh, I mean I understood exactly what you were talking about, and yeah. it was taken out of context for the little yeah. the little video and it was like 
well, that's not what he's saying, though. If you'd actually listen to him, you know, and then some somebody else went on there, and he's like, he's not saying that the that the striking is is horrible. What he's saying is is that they're not Muay Thai guys. They're they're yeah. using components of Muay Thai in an MMA fight, so it's totally different. Right. And yeah, I, and it's a, it's a different sport and everything. And I would never, you know, I, I I would in no way critique MMA fighters. But if you're if you're asking me specific questions about specific styles, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you give you my uh, response to that. But again, yeah, it's taken out of context. And when people view it as a whole, that that's all they focus on and see. When I, I was talking about something a, a lot deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Do you pay much attention to MMA at all? Not really anymore. Um, you know, I'll, I'll watch it and stuff, and you know, whenever there's good fights, and even when there's not, I'll still watch it. But uh, I don't really keep track of who's doing what and who, who who's good and who's bad. I just just watch it. Like I haven't watched an MMA card in a month and a half, probably. That yeah. Long. And I'm a I'm a MMA fighter. I just turned up oh, into yeah. boxing. Okay. So, but the I find the UFC's in a really weird spot. Yeah, they've kind of, uh, I mean, they have been for a while now, but they really, like, oversaturated the market, you know. And, I mean, they have fights, several fights a week sometimes, you know, whether it's here in the States or overseas and whether they air them or not, um, you know, there's just so much. And then, you know, back in the day, they, they spent a lot more time focusing on, on fighters and building up these stars, where now it's, they're more focused on the, the, the promotion itself as opposed to the actual individuals. So you don't really, it's hard to keep track of these people and, and find out who you like and learn about their stories and stuff because there's so many and they're, they're in one day and out the next, even if even, even when they don't lose. So it, it makes it tough. Yeah, it's a, it's a game of how you can talk now, not, not so much how you fight. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, um, you know, and a lot of things, um, just like boxing and everything else, go through these these cycles of. In the beginning, it's just like the hardcore fighters who aren't making money and who are just putting everything out on the line. But then you start getting notoriety, the promotion gets bigger, the money gets involved, and then that kind of falls away. And that's unfortunately kind of the way the way the world works. Do you watch boxing at all? Uh, again, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, I'll watch a few fights here and there, but but I don't follow it too much. Um, you know, I I, I, I like to watch. Uh, you know, people usually send me like the good fights, and then I'll go back and check them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about the Triple G Jacobs fight if you've seen it. Oh yeah, I, I was watching that, and um, it was. Uh, which one was it? That was, that was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just happened. Uh, I think maybe a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. I know. I watch it. I, I love watching Triple G. Um, you know, and I, I really like watching uh, different style guys he's in there with and seeing how he adapts to them and what works for him and what doesn't. I thought it was interesting the way he actually fought Daniel Jacobs because Jacobs hits hard. And yeah, he, yeah. I, and, and Jacobs had an interesting style too, so it was. It was it was interesting to watch, uh, like he was doing really well, you know, and, and, and using his range and stuff. And, you know, uh, um, Triple D, Triple G didn't just like thump him out of there in a couple rounds, which which you're kind of used to. So it's, it's yeah. I like to see people, uh, especially high level guys like that, have some trouble and have to make adjustments. Yeah, Jacobs was switch, like switching over to Southpaw a lot. Yeah. Right? He was yeah. getting lit up in Southpaw, but yeah. Uh, I, I was more interested to the fact that Jacobs couldn't hurt Triple G with anything. Uh-huh. Because Jacobs, well, Jacobs is a big dude. Yeah, Triple G's just, he's just 
built so solid and, and he knows how to absorb punches which which is you know that's kind of a, a really old school thing that, that you don't see a lot of anymore is people that know how to really absorb those shots you know and they can stand right in front of you um which i i just absolutely love to watch yeah it was a, it was a fun fight to watch it was interesting yeah so we've got now that we're on the boxing topic we've got a good buddy of ours here cam o'connell who uh who boxes he's 15 and 15 and 0 here he's fighting for a canadian title right away and uh uh-huh. he uh he, he, we train with him he's 140 pounds and he's always talking about when he retires from from pro boxing he's gonna take some k1 fights because he thinks his boxing will will like do it he's just do it. it was just a con and i said you know what cam i said we're gonna get a 140 pound guy that can kick to kick you, but then we thought we don't really know a lot of 140 pound guys that that you know that we'd let them kick, you know, let them. So I got this 12 year old girl I'm training uh, in kickboxing. We're gonna let her kick him so that you know, because because a regular guy will will bust his leg. And then I was like, wait a minute, we got Kevin coming on. I should yeah, line I'll, that one up. I'll, I'll, I'd be happy happy to come out. You know, it, again, it's another one of those things where they're just different sports. You know, when you don't. When you're in that sport, you don't really think about it because you see you see us boxing and you see yourself boxing. Obviously, your boxing is going to be way far above and beyond what, what the difference, you know. But but until you've felt that the style, until you felt that pain of being kicked, it it it's like it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal, or it sh- it will do that much. But you know, all you got to do is watch any uh, boxer versus kickboxer muay thai fighter and it's it's not pretty no he came down to the gym on monday night to do some boxing with all of us like all the all the kickboxers so he only boxed we don't kick him but of course me and <laughs> me and tanner both both kicked him at various times of the evening in the leg like not in not in the middle of a round but just like walk up to him and just kick him and not even hard but you know because yeah. they can't take it and plus yeah. i mean we got 70 pounds on him too so that's a little bit that, different well, that yeah. Well, it's a different range too. Like your legs are obviously longer than your than your hands, so I don't know how yeah. you would jab in and then eat a teep and then try to. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, years years back. This is probably over ten years ago. They had these uh, K one tryouts in Vegas um, that I went to. Actually, two years in a row, and uh, several boxers came in and tried tried out, and it just. You know, as soon as you start getting kicked, you can't box like that, especially when you're getting kicked in the legs, particularly when you have that boxer stance where you're just going to fall on your face every time somebody kicks you because they're going to sweep your leg out from under you. So no matter how good your boxing is, if you can't even throw a punch because you're getting kicked, how does that help you? It doesn't. You know, the the boxers that have done well are the ones that have kind of learned – a little bit. All they got to really do is, is learn some good uh, kick defense, and, and and they can kind of shut down the kicks. Now, once that happens, and you have that high level boxer using that, and and they can deal with those kicks, then then they can do really well. And that's what that's what that's what most boxers that you know, especially Cam, he's like, well, I'll just get inside. I'm like, but are we kickboxing? Or are we fighting with K1 rules? He's like, well, whatever you do. I'm like, I'm gonna knee you in your face when you're inside. Like, I'll take your body shot to knee you in the yeah. head every time. Yeah. So, it's just different. It's totally different. It's comparing yeah. apples to oranges oh, yeah, it's, to bananas it's silly. to yeah. pineapples. It's I just want to find some really big guys to kick them, you know, <laughs> that are his weight. I mean, big, like, you know, that can kick hard, so, somebody such right. as yourself, you know. I'm, I, I'll, I'd be happy to. Sweet. Are you a sponsored athlete through on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they sponsor me. What do yeah. you use from them? Everything? Uh, yeah, every. I mean, I think um, 
I think I've tried out all their products, which I think all are really great, and I think they do a really good job of um, researching stuff that works, not just the mass-produced uh, products. So I highly recommend all their stuff to everybody. I mean, you know, I I, I mainly just use like the protein and uh, um, you know a couple of other things, but uh, yeah, I would, I would highly recommend all their stuff because they do a really good job of, of finding the best products out there. I used to use the Alpha Brain. The yeah. shrimp check sport, the uh-huh. hemp force protein. Well, we can't yeah. get it here anymore. Oh, really? Why not? Like customs or what? I uh, it had to do something with the labels, and they just won't. They like we had a store in town that would carry it, and then they, they were we can't get it anymore. I was like, oh, sh- oh fuck, that's, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it, but guess I know what I'm bringing home from Vegas. Yeah, well, I had a terrible experience in a float tank on way too much Alpha Brain one time. So oh, I. I- can't imagine. <laughs> I freaked out a little bit. <laughs> Have you ever been in one of those float tanks? No, nah, not yet. Um, you know, I, I'd love to try it out. I just haven't had a chance to. So getting ready for your for your fight, what's a normal day for you look like? Um, well, right now, actually, as I said, I, I thought I was fighting on that one next week. So I was get really gearing up my training uh, up until a few weeks ago. So, so once I... Um, found out the fight was moved. I kind of downshifted. I took a week off, and just these past two weeks, I've kind of picked it back up. So right now, I'm only training once a day. I I mean, I guess it's really twice a day. I get up and run, and um, I've I've just been focusing a lot more on um, working on technique and things like that. I've been focusing on my boxing and and more specific things right now. Um, You know, I'm still 11 weeks out, so... Um, you know, fortunately, I'm, I'm still in really good shape from training before, which is nice. Now that I have all this time, I don't have to just just stress over getting my weight down, getting in really good shape. I can I can focus on technical aspects and you know things that I'd like to work on. So it's nice when you have this time, as long as you use it well. But my typical training day would be uh, get up, go for several mile run, depending on the day. Um, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays is when I usually do my strength and conditioning, or I'd say more conditioning, um, where like Monday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is where I do more strength stuff. Um, night times is, is my, my sparring, my pad work, my bag work. Um, but I like to mix it up, you know, and it kind of depends who's around. If I have uh, training partners or if I'm working by myself, you know, it kind of it, it varies so much. There's no real typical day. Is this a full time gig for you? This is all you do. Yeah, I mean, I teach and do seminars and stuff, and you know, I do a little bit of art here and there, and I write and stuff. But this this is uh, definitely my my job. You do art. I do art. So, <laughs> does that mean like painting, drawing, rapping, everything, everything really? Um, you know, that's something I've done my entire life. I actually went to school for that. I have a degree in computer animation. Oh, cool. Yeah, I uh, which which I don't do any of, but um, <laughs> I used to. I used to a little bit, but I actually I started training um, for fighting two years into school, um, which made it really tough for me to want to finish school. But I did, um, and and was doing a, a bit of animation work for probably about a, a year or two after school. But then you know. It's, the more I got into fighting, the, the the less I could really do that. Do you sell your artwork? Uh, yeah, I do sometimes, but 
since I have such little time to actually focus on it, I, I tend to just do ones I really want to do, and that's just usually for friends and family okay. um, as opposed to um, commissioned pieces. But I'll, I'll still do one here and there for, for work. You know, <laughs> work. So let's say the Spice of Life podcast wanted to purchase one of your drawings or paintings for the studio. Could we mm-hmm. go online somewhere and do that? Yeah, I mean, I got I got um, almost all of my artwork I've done in the past up on, on my Facebook page and stuff. So most of those aren't available anymore. Some are, and I can always remake them or do prints of them. So, yeah, you can go on there. We could fight for one. No, Just that's kidding. a bad idea. We, we can kidding. fight for one, and you, you know, <laughs> we can work something out. The uh, um, one thing I noticed with a lot of uh, athletes and, you know, especially fighters when they reach the upper echelon of, of their sport, you know, like, like yourself, um, you guys, your, your mindsets are totally different. You know, you're, yep. you're, you're a very positive guy. I noticed that on social media and Facebook. Where Have you always been like that? Uh, probably not always. Um, but... You know, I, I I feel I'm kind of the same person I always have been. I think I've, you know, focused on those kinds of things more so throughout throughout my career, as far as you know, the the mental aspect of things and um, minimizing those things that really like wear you down, which is being negative and just <laughs> being an awful person. You know, those things aren't good for your your health or your mind. And and you know, if you want to be a, a high level athlete, I think you need to uh, have those things really really clear. Um, back on the training stuff, I forgot to ask you, how often do you spar? How often do I spar? Well, nowadays I don't spar. And when you think about sparring a ton, you know, when you think about like hard sparring, maybe, maybe once a week, if that, you know, more so now is a lot more technical work or, or, you know, I'd say like medium sparring, um, you know, where you can really focus on getting better. You know, hard sparring doesn't get you better. It gets you uh, used to taking a whooping, <laughs> giving and taking. Um, you know, where where in the beginning, that's all I did. I, I used to spar hard every day, like six days a week, all, all the way up until almost like two days before a fight, I would do that. Um, but throughout the years, I've really uh, minimized that and up the, the technical side of things. Um, you know, you have all getting all these unnecessary injuries and, and things like that. But you know, there's a time and a place for everything. And I wouldn't, I'd never try to tell somebody you should only spar this many times or or, or anything like that because it, it really varies on the person. So uh, for me, I find I get a lot more benefit out of, of the technical side of things. Because we don't spar terribly hard here, like 30, 40 percent. But every uh-huh. once in a while, I like to crank it up a little bit and just to see, <laughs> just to see if I can do it. Yeah, it, as I said, it, it's it has its place for sure, and you you definitely need to uh, get in the fire, you know. Um, especially people that aren't fighting that often, you know. Well, that's why when you look at the ties, they don't spar hard because they fight so much, you know. But if you're only fighting every every couple months or once or twice a year. You got to make up for that somehow, and, and that's when you're going to have to add a lot more sparring, hard sparring. Yeah, I've been off for a couple of years now, and I'm gearing up to fight in June 24th. Uh huh. And sometimes in the gym, I get a little fired up. He's a yeah. dick kid. He's a yeah, dick you, kid. you look like the type of guy that would. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
You heard it here, guys. <laughs> it's usually against the 140-pound guys, though. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. Only no, the redheads. Only the redheads. Yeah. Now we got a guy fighting tonight, actually, from the gym, and 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 he he was, you know, he's in, he's gearing up to get ready for the fight. This was a couple weeks ago, right? And he's he's just he's kind of sparring like a retard because he's in because he's in fight mode, and of course oh, he's. Yeah. Qu- he's cracking the biggest guy in the gym and it's like fine like you're gonna get one back and then they just went at it and we're like well at least we know rick can take some serious punishment because yeah you know your guy ain't gonna hit you that hard that you're fighting on yeah. friday night so yeah well that's that's something that i actually uh w- was beneficial to me in the beginning um for actually most probably about half my career is the smallest guy i had to work with was probably 30 pounds heavier than me and everyone else was a lot bigger than that so i really that really helped me kind of develop the style that i have that always going forward i'm like i can i can i'm not gonna let these guys back me up i'm sure as hell not gonna let somebody my size back me up or or hurt me so you know it's it's beneficial but at the same time if you're not getting that look and that speed of someone your weight that can be off offset too as well Mm -hmm. i like going with everybody like the smaller guys are way faster so yeah. to try to keep up with that pace is is tough. And then when I go yeah. with a guy my size, it seems like it's kind of slow motion. Oh yeah, for sure. So, uh, Luke. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, I I like I like going with everybody in the gym. It just sometimes you get a little bit fired up and somebody gets cracked, but mm-hmm. yeah, th- that's gonna happen. Do you uh, do you find it different now that you're fighting in uh, like K one style where y- you can't. Um, uh, you can't grab the leg and clinch as much. Do you, do you find that a hard transition after so many years of, of being able to clinch and hold a leg? I mean, yeah, all your highlight reel are, are you know, you're grabbing legs and you're dumping guys all over the place. You, yeah. you can't do that anymore. Or can you yeah, in, in Bellator? I'm not sure. It's tough. Um, it, it was really tough in the beginning. It still is now and it probably always will be. Um, you know, not just as far as the rule set, but like you said, that's that's kind of like one one thing that that I love to do and that I'm probably known for. So it, it's it's been a little tough to make that transition, and you know, you, you can still kind of get away with a few things, um, but but try not to focus on them. And then you know, when training and stuff, I just don't. I try not to do them, um, or, or check myself when I do. So you know, I'm getting better at it, and. and finding other other ways around it and different things i can do um off of kicks and in clinch situations so it's it's just been yeah a little bit of a transition so in in the bellator kickboxing you won't be able to grab the leg at all well that that's the thing is is sometimes the rules are different um you know that first fight in turin i think they were still trying to figure out what rule set they were going to actually use but i think they said they've adapted the isk kickboxing rules where I believe you're allowed to grab the leg and you can strike, but you can't sweep. And what I, what always confuses me is if I kick the leg out, that I mean that kind of is a sweep. So what? Who who gets to decide if it's a sweep or a strike? If it's if it's yeah, if it's below yeah. the knee, then it's a sweep, and if it's above the knee, it's a strike. Isn't that how how it works? I don't even know. I just it's just like if you're gonna grab the leg, just kick the leg really hard and that'll be a strike as opposed to a sweep <laughs> yeah but i mean you do i, I watched some of your there was there was uh what was that the other day on uh, when i knew that you said you're coming on i i just typed uh-huh. in kevin ross but it was uh kevin ross and what did they call it like 
I don't know, high flying dumps or something like that. But all it was was just all these times you're grabbing a leg, and it's like effortless, though, right? You're just like, it doesn't even look like you're doing anything. And these guys are, like, yeah. some of them are over your own head. You know, it was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's like anything else. If, if you do something right, it should look effortless and it should look easy, and you should make it look like everybody can do it. But it's, it's thousands and thousands of repetitions, and, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> Was the decision to sign with Bellator fairly easy for you? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for for several reasons, you know, one my uh, my line fight contract was coming to an end. Uh, the biggest reason it was so easy was they gave me um, the option of of not being exclusive to them, where where I could still fight Muay Thai if I wanted to, if there was time, and, and that that was the biggest factor for me. I was like, if you're gonna let me fight for other promotions, you're gonna let me still fight Muay Thai. I'll sign with you today, which is what I did. Did Glory show any interest? You know, I actually signed with Glory the week I signed with Lion Fight, and they never had me fight for them. You know, and, and um, I don't know why and. They they were a little upset when I signed with uh, Bellator because you know they they still thought we had a contract which I mean we did and we didn't because my contract was supposed to start from the first fight I had with them for whatever it was two years but they never had me have a fight you know we actually got into a small legal thing but uh, yeah they uh, they they never used me that's hmm. a bad decision yeah I'd say. I, I agree <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you had much dealings with uh, Scott Coker or any or any of the guys at Bellator so far? Yeah, you know I've actually known Scott for probably ten years. You know, and uh, he's always he's always been great. You know, he's been great to er every fighter I've ever talked to. Has nothing but nice things to say about him, which is the rarest thing in the fight world is to hear good things about a promoter. Not only good things, but you never hear a bad thing, which is unheard of. You know, and I've had nothing but great interactions with Scott, and he, he's been really wonderful to me, and I, I think he's the best promoter in the world. I've actually heard that, that he's the best promoter, hands down, out of all of them. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that actually kind of freaks you out because you, you feel like something's wrong because you're so used to dealing with just normal promoters, and here's this guy who clearly has a passion for the sport, and his his focus is on the right things you know it's it's on the athletes he knows that the fighters are the ones that that build his show up it's and it's it, he knows if he treats them well they're going to treat him well and they're going to perform better and it just it, everyone works together and it's it's really great yeah that's awesome to see in here yeah so with your open contract you're still able to fight muay thai do you have any aspirations to go over to australia and jump in that cage oh, of course yeah you know it's it's kind of funny the uh the first show they ever did um, when uh, Tomahawk fought Pornsony, um, that was actually my fight, and uh, it was when I blew my knee out. Oh, no. So, uh, uh, Tomahawk took my place and ended up fighting on that. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty bummed I didn't get to do that, but yeah, I blew my knee out and uh, I wasn't able to. And, you know, I, I still would love to do that in the future sometime, so hopefully we can work that out. Because you've been in some bloody battles when you got regular-sized gloves on, so <laughs> fighting with little gloves oh. in, a, in a thing would be just insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, back in the day, we used to spar all the time with MMA gloves, which was really dumb. Ooh. But, uh, you know, I was, I was training with a lot of uh, MMA fighters and stuff, and I was playing around with the idea of switching over. This was years and years ago, and um, I couldn't get any fights and stuff, and was 
thinking about making the transition, which I never did because fortunately things picked up. But yeah, we used, we used to do that all the time. You had one MMA fight though, right? I did, yeah. Which which uh, you know I took with a couple weeks of MMA training. <laughs> <laughs> which wait, it, it, it's kind of funny because my first my f- one and only MMA fight was a pro MMA fight. Um, Bruce Buffer was the ring announcer, and uh, Big John was the referee, which is funny. Yeah. You know, it, uh, it, it's interesting to look back and, and think that was my first MMA fight. Well, and that's the tough thing too, because I mean, yeah, you'd have to fight as a pro because you're already a pro kickboxer. But it, I mean, and depending on the sanctioning body, but even up here, like you can't um, you can't kick in the head in amateur MMA, and you can't oh, yeah. gra- and you can't ground and pound, and you can't knee in the head in, in uh, like standing up right so it's like well for somebody that actually has been striking for their whole career you take away yeah. two two of their best uh offensive and defensive weapons and then you can't do it it's like it doesn't make sense to fight as an amateur yeah i mean that was kind of the thing with um you know amateur muay thai over here until the last few years is you couldn't fight with elbows you couldn't knee to the head you know when i was coming up well, we fought in a lot of unsanctioned <laughs> fights. I was—I mean, I was basically fighting pros and an amateur. We didn't have any gear. We fought full full rules, and you know, the, we we had ways around that. But um, you know, they made it to where even the amateur fights now have to be sanctioned. They have to have all these uh, medicals and stuff done. So all all the um, amateur fights really started dying off. Where when I was coming up, they were like every week. You know, we were fighting all the time. Like almost every other week, you could you could get a fight easy. Um, but they made it so difficult for people. I'm like, all you guys are doing is really hurting the sport where it's going to be so difficult for guys to go pro because once you go pro, now you got all these other weapons thrown in there and you that's stuff you have to learn on the job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's really unfortunate. But they, they started working with the sanctioning bodies and now uh, I believe if you've had a – a couple of amateur fights you can you can start to fight with elbows but you have pads on and stuff and knees of the head but again with with i think with pads and stuff so so they're they're starting to make it a little bit better yeah up here the amateurs fight with elbow pads but no knee pads but yeah they can elbow knee the head and i mean that's that's one of the things too that even saying about switching and and taking a fight like that is like oh man i've never fought with with uh actually elbowing the the face i mean we've done it in sparring and training and stuff but it's like it would be totally different you know and i know that yeah nothing i mean nothing compares to to doing it in, in a real fight and i've like i've never maybe once or twice and even in my life like sparred with elbow pads I, I i've never found it helpful to me um again the range is so different when you're wearing those elbow pads your arms feel different you know like they're kind of stuck out a little bit and, and it changes so much um and it's, it's just different you know it's just different you you have there's so many techniques in fighting that you have to learn by doing that's why the more you fight that the better you're going to get you can you can spar all you want you can train all you want but unless you've been in there you don't know what it's like totally well there's a lot of guys that they just stay amateur for a really long time like in kickboxing and mma they get 14 yeah. 17 20 fights and then they yeah. come over and fight pro and they're well this is different yeah no yeah. shit <laughs> yeah how many amateur um, how many amateur fights i'm doing the air quotes for those that can't see it but how many amateur fights did you have uh ooh, i don't know maybe uh 12 maybe 13 i i, oh, I don't man. know again I, again it's hard it's hard for me to say because 
I was fighting pro rules and I, I don't, you know, there's not like this distinction in my mind, like yeah. the day after my first pro fight. Um, I mean, I remember the day I had my first pro fight because I, I, I went down to Mexico for that one and, uh, you know, took it on like 10 days notice. But uh, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I always tell people to get as many amateur fights as they can. I mean, you look at uh, high-level boxers, they have hundreds and hundreds of, of amateur fights, and that's why they're so good. But nowadays, you know, the bigger uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing has gotten, people just want to make that jump to pro so quickly, and they're not going to last very long. You know, as nice as it is to be on the big show and make money, um, you're, you're, you don't have that experience, and, and, and as I said before, there's there's so much you can only learn in the ring, and that's not the place to learn while you're getting crushed. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of nice to be get in there a few times before people start smashing you in the head with elbows. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got to practice, man, and you have, <laughs> you have to practice on the job, and the best way to do that is to start slow, start as an amateur, get your fights. So it's like if if you're not out there like crushing every single amateur fighter, there's no reason to go pro. If you're fighting consistently, there's no reason to go pro. Like wait as long as you can, you know. There's no rush, and there's no going backwards. That's that's the thing I don't, I think people don't think about is you can't. You can't start over after you go. It's not like you go pro and you're like, oh, this ain't for me. I'm not ready. I'm going to go back. Yeah. You can't, you can't go back. Mm -hmm. Kickboxing is very weird because, Luke, you've had 35 amateur fights. Uh-huh. And, and you can't find them. I've had 26 amateur fights, and you can't find them anywhere. Like, On like, the internet, yeah, you're saying. No. Yeah. Like, you can't find a record. You can't find a video. There's And all... All kickboxers are like that. There's nothing yeah. logged about anything amateur, which I find very interesting. I don't know why that is. Yeah, well, I mean, even even in the pro circuits, it's because there's no sanctioning body that keeps tracks of these things. So it's really just a matter of whatever you tell them is the record they're going to put down. I mean, any, any fight I've ever fought for, they're just like, here's a sheet, fill it out. How many fights have you had? How many wins have you had? How many amateur fights have you had? It's no one knows. So it's all it's all just whatever you decide to put out there. It could be different each day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is. And that you know, I mean I learned very, very early on, you know, even as an amateur that those numbers don't really mean a whole lot. You know, it's it's you're going to get in there and, and you're going to figure out what's what, regardless of what's. Somebody could have 400 fights and still be awful. Yeah. You know? Because they could have fought 400 12 year old kids. Exactly. You know, really know. exactly. At once. At once. Yeah. <laughs> so, of all, of all your, of all your uh, fights, amateur or pro, <laughs> what's, uh, what are some of your most memorable ones? Sanchai. Yeah, I was going to say that, had to be, that had to be one of them. That was a you cool know, fight. Thank you. That's that's always going to be at the top of the list. I don't see anything ever surpassing that. Um, you know, uh, it was five rounds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five rounds was Sanchez. It's pretty crazy. Um, my fight with Tomahawk, which I know is not out there, which is unfortunate because it was a really great <laughs> fight. So hopefully they'll they'll put it online one of these days. Um, Fight with Malapet, I, I really enjoyed really enjoyed that fight a lot. You know, I felt uh, really technical and really sharp. And you know, at, at that time, you know, it was such a crazy thing to fight him because I, I came up watching him just smoking people. <laughs> and not only that, you know, he he was fighting like at 154, 
you know, when I was coming up and I'm fighting at 35, 40. So I never even imagined us ever fighting. Like it didn't even seem like a possibility. And then to have that one day happen, um, and be training for it, I was like, this is crazy. You know, this is the craziest thing going there against him, but you know, fighting him. And then each time you're, you're, you know, you're taking different steps up and, um, that's just how you, uh, get better is fighting people like that. Yeah, like Luke said you were going to come on the podcast, and then not three minutes after that, I was on Facebook, and there's uh-huh. a video of Sanchai just kicking the crap out of somebody just with kicks. Yeah. I was, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it was training for him, and, and it, it was very hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around the fact that I was getting in there with someone like that, you know, and it was one of those things like on some days I would I would think this is the stupidest thing you could possibly do like what are you thinking like you have no chance of even surviving like 10 seconds in the ring with him you know and other days it would just be like well we're going to go in there we're going to do we're going to do our thing you know so it was uh, it was like this constant kind of battle in my mind about being able to uh, to think about it and, and get through it and stuff is so it's, it, the whole thing was pretty crazy did you get to talk to him at all after the fight no he was uh you know what a lot of people don't see is he was pretty uh i don't want to say he was hurt but he was very beat up and uh surprised i I, you know he was very i think he was very surprised i think he thought it was going to be just another show for him um you know and a lot of people say he was playing around with me but i know it's one of the harder fights he's ever had oh you could tell because he came out like he always does where he's like got that joking joking face on he's smiling like i'm gonna take it easy and then you cracked him and you you uh you hit him with a i think a front kick and then you need him or something like uh-huh. that and then you you guys got in a clinch and you you dumped him and it was like uh-huh. oh shit you know yeah. <laughs> and then it- well i mean that uh you when I was training, you know, and, and from years and years of, of watching him fight, it was I, what I really noticed was people would get in there and it, they would just be in such awe. It's like they, they were almost in there to watch him fight, and they're fighting him. And you know, I, I, I vowed to myself that I wouldn't let that be me. I was like, no matter what, even if he knocks me out right away, I'm gonna go in there and I'm, I'm gonna fight him, and I, I'm gonna give him everything I have. I'm not gonna give him an ounce of respect. I'm not gonna take a backward step. I'm, I'm gonna take it to him the whole fight, and that's what I did. Yeah, well, and I think that happens lots over the years. These these fighters in different sports, they get they get put on this pedestal by everybody in the in the world and in the sport, and then the guys that are coming up to fight them next are like, oh man, like. I don't know, and it's the guy that does exactly that. Like, hey, he's just a person too, and I'm gonna fight him, yeah. and I'm gonna bring him. You know, I deserve to be in here because I'm I'm that guy that's that's there, and you know, you kind of prove that for sure. So, yeah, I think one thing uh, we don't really think about is is that no matter how many fights somebody has had, no matter how good they are, they've never fought you, and and, and you never know how someone's going to match up with you stylistically, no matter how good they are. Somebody's awkward style can really throw that off, you know? And it's like if all you ever do is watch somebody's highlight reel, they look like this untouchable god, you know? But, but you know, uh, one thing that really opened my mind up was um, when, while I was training for this fight, I was actually out in Thailand a, a few months before, and I saw him lose to uh, Sakadao, who actually fought right after him. But uh, I was sitting really close, and I could see the look on his face. I could see his frustration. You know, I could see him get hurt. I could see him get tired. And 
being able to realize that he's just a person just like I am, you know, he's trying just like I am, that there's really no difference other than his experience and skill level, but he's still a human being, you know, and, and we forget that a lot. So it's like, you know, you, you can't, you can't put people so high up on this pedestal that you think they're untouchable. Any, anybody can lose at any, any moment at any day to anybody. So, uh, you know, if, if you think that and realize that you can, you can do some pretty amazing things. Yeah. yeah, it's good to have that in your in your head as you're as you're starting off training or you're wanting to push yourself to the to the limit and build yourself up, but you don't want to carry that into the fight where then you're like, you know, in, in, in awe of him, right? You're like, yeah, I'm gonna destroy this guy. I fought to beat him. Now I'm gonna beat him. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's also there's also fun in that balance too because people will also go in fights with people that really have no business in there, and they're like, oh well, I went in there. I'm like, yeah, but like just going in there just to say you did it, it isn't the same as going in there to test yourself. So, so yeah. there, there still is a level of, of, of balance you got to find in there and, um, a level of, of skill. It's not like somebody's first day should go in there and fight Sancho and be like, Oh, this is great. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's, it's, it's, there's, it's, it's more complicated than that, I should say. So, so you, you I see a lot of these fighters who will go in there and do that, and I mean, I'm like, all you're doing is going there and, and just getting destroyed and, and making yourself as well as like our country look bad because it's like, oh, everyone in America sucks. Well, there's a there's a giant difference between uh, taking a challenge and being stupid. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, there you go, and that and that's I think that's something people don't realize either. It's like there's there's still levels to it, and there's still there's still a point where it's just being stupid, and there's a point where you're pushing yourself. Yeah. It's even in the beginning too, right? These guys that train, like, why? You know, they come into the gym. I got a fight in four months. Well, how long you've trained for? I just started. It's like, what are you doing <laughs> then, right? And then they take this fight, and then everybody wants to be like, well, you know, in Facebook and social media, well, you got in there, you know, you did the hard part. No, you didn't, yeah. you idiot. The hard part's the years and and months of dedicated training and all that stuff. The, the fight's the fun part, at yeah. least for me, you know. Who yeah. um of of all the guys that you haven't fought yet, who who do you? Who do you see yourself being able to to fight, or what would be a dream fight for you? I guess at your weight and and whatever, or even a quote unquote super fight of you know <laughs> a catch weight or something. Yeah, well, um, as I said earlier, you know, Vargas signing with uh, Bellator is is something I, I'm really looking forward to. Somebody that that I've wanted to fight for a really long time. I, I hold him in a high regard, and I think uh, I think stylistically we we match up really well, and I think it'll be an entertaining fight. Um, I'd love to get in there with Sanchai again. I don't know if it would ever happen or, or what, but uh, it, it'd be cool to to do again. You know, I I don't see myself having any better of a fight than than I did that night. I, I really feel that I was at like the peak of of everything I could possibly do, as, as good a shape as I could have been in, as as sharp as I could have been in, as focused as I could have been in. But, uh, you know, I'd still love to, to do it again. You know, and I'd, I'd love to have a third fight w- with Yamato. Um, you know, uh, our, our last one, I really wasn't in a, the best place mentally going into that. And, you know, I, I'm not going to make excuses about it or anything. He definitely caught me and, you know, split my head wide open. But, uh, you know, I, I'd love to fight him a million times because I think we, we match up really well. And I think no matter how many times we fight, it will always be exciting. I want to see the Soul Assassin versus Tomahawk just because they're cool names. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd love, I'd love to fight uh, Tomahawk again. I, I mean, I said that right after we fought. He's, 
he's an amazing fighter. And another, you know, like I love to fight people that I love to watch fight. And Tomahawk, Yamato, um, all these guys are guys that I came up watching. And then I'm like, I, I love to watch you fight. That that means I'll love, I would love to fight you. I don't, I don't want to fight guys who are like, oh, I, I can beat that guy. Like, that's not what motivates me to fight somebody. I, I fight. I want to fight people who excite me to watch because. I want to put on exciting fights just as much as I want to see exciting fights. Um, if you do end up fighting Gabriel Varga, and it's yeah. going to happen, um, yeah. I'm throwing a fucking party for that because I've known Gabriel since he was a little kid. Oh, yeah. He was just tearing it up on the amateurs in uh, Victoria. Uh-huh. We can yeah. get him on the podcast to do a talk out. Yeah. Well, Gabriel's not that kind of guy. No, I know. <laughs> but it, that that's a fantastic fight, and I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I mean that's that's really in my my sights in the future. Uh, you know, I don't really, I don't, it's not like I have this like list of guys I want to fight. It's just like I would love to fight him, and that's probably what's going to happen the soonest is, is him. There's always dream fights. There's, there's people you'd like to get in there, yeah. past, present, or future, stuff uh-huh. like that. So, so you also always have a crazy hairdo or a bald head. That's that's the way you do it for your fight. And I noticed that your hair is getting kind of a little longer than normal. Yeah. So are you growing something out for this fight in 11 weeks? Or, or well, you just I, don't have a barber in Vegas? I, <laughs> both. I, um, you know, w- when I have time to, to actually grow it out, I, I usually do. And then if I, if I want to do something with it, I will. If I want to chop it off, I will. So... I have the time, so I'm just letting it go, and, and who knows? I might end up chopping it off tomorrow, but it's it's growing right now. Yeah. So when you're uh, you're you said you're in Vegas right now, and you're training uh, down at your old gym, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when you when you go in, do you just go in? Like I I pulled it up because when you had said that, because I'm flying out there tomorrow morning. Um, uh-huh. I had just pulled up. Do you go to the regular classes, or do you like like when they have the schedule, or do you guys go in? Do they have the 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 um, whatever i mean we train at different times we don't train at the regular classes so when you're in there are you doing uh different stuff with certain training partners just kind of privately on your own time yeah yeah pretty much i mean they they do have like they have like the pro practice but i mean everyone here is mma fighters you know what i mean so i mean even back home i pretty much just do my training with um, the other pro Muay Thai and kickboxers, you know, as, as opposed to the classes. I mean, sometimes sometimes I'll do the classes. Usually that's like right when I'm getting back into training, if I've had some time off or, or I just need to change things up. Um, that's kind of the only time I'll ever really do that stuff. But more often than not, it's it's specific one-on-one training with, with other uh, pros, pro kickboxers. As a high-level kickboxer, do you get much out of training with the MMA guys? Yes and no. Um, you know, that's that's kind of one thing that uh, I've had to struggle with, which I'm sure most people do, is um, particularly being here in Vegas, is 99% of the fighters are MMA fighters. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to have some good stand-up MMA fighters to work with, um, but most of the time, no, it's not very beneficial other than just just brawling it out with somebody and, and having to deal with that that style you know which is good because you know it's like it's like figuring out a new puzzle you know even even if i'm never going to see a guy like that in a fight it can still be beneficial as far as um you know working on techniques and having to make adjustments on the fly but 
usually you just end up uh, getting hurt or, or hurting somebody because you kind of have to just go, you know, and that's not really helpful to either one of you. So, you know, I, I try to avoid it as much as possible. You said earlier that you had a knee injury or knee surgery at some point, right? Yeah, um, I blew my ACL out. How was the recovery for that? Because I am recovering Awful. from – yeah, it's terrible, right? <laughs> I had like my – the worst thing I've ever gone through. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, I re- what really opened my eyes was seeing why uh, people don't make it back from that. You know, Because once I got to the point where I could function again, where I could walk around again, I was like, I'm, I don't, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, realizing how much farther I had to go, and, and I still had no guarantee that I'd ever be back in the ring. I had no guarantee that I'd ever be able to get back to where I was. Was really tough to deal with, you know. And you don't really think about how mentally tough it is to come back. And that's that's really the biggest part of overcoming any injury is is being able to deal with it in in your mind i'm just coming off a knee injury so i had a a cadaver acl put in so my my acl wasn't repairable i had 60 percent of my front meniscus cut out and 50 on the back and i had my pcl repaired that's fun no it's terrible (laughs) so they they told me that I, i couldn't fight mma anymore because oh, yeah. just literally getting up off the ground with a 200-pound guy on me is just, it, it's not going to happen. Uh-huh. And then I was going to go to kickboxing, and they said, well, throwing kicks with that thing's probably not a good idea. Yeah, well, I'd say more than anything, it's getting kicked is, you know, uh, that that was probably the hard, harder thing for me was uh, being comfortable getting kicked in that leg again. Um, you know, I, I was actually fine with, with, with kicking with it, relatively fine with kicking with it, um, pretty early on, but, but, but taking those kicks and, and letting go of that in your mind that, that you're going to be okay and that it's going to be okay is, uh, is hard to deal with. And unfortunately that you can only listen to doctors so much, you know, yeah. uh, they're, they're always going to be on the side of caution and, um, even for legal purposes, they can only, they can only say so much or, or, or you know, be like, you shouldn't do this anymore be, because of that. And, you know, no, no matter what a doctor says, it, it really comes down to you. And if this is something you're willing to do and willing to risk, you know, yeah. I mean, how many people have overcome things that they're not, supposed to be able to do just because they wouldn't give up and refuse now now again just like before it's 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 that uh level of pushing yourself and being stupid you yeah. know it's uh, and but nobody nobody can say that except for you and you got to and you're the one that's going to deal with the consequences anyway so yeah you know i don't think uh, you should ever just allow someone else to tell you what you can and can't do yeah well they told me no kickboxing no mma they said i could box uh-huh. So I'm predomin- I predominantly throw hands anyway. So oh, I was yeah. like, oh, fuck it, we'll we'll try boxing. And then I had some promoters jump all over me, and had some I have some good opportunities. So I'm excited. So the first uh, time I've been excited in ten years to to do anything. Well, that's that's great, man. Glad to hear that. I hate rolling around on the floor with guys. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's always been a weird thing. That's why I enjoy just punching guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or kicking them. Yeah, so when Luke told me that, he said, Kevin Ross is coming on the podcast. I'm like, okay. And then he's like, you don't know who that is, do you? I'm like, well, Kevin Ross, no. He's like, oh, it's the soul assassin. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's a bad motherfucker. He can come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, I still, I think that's still probably the best, the best uh, uh, meme meme out there. There's a, there's a meme with you, and you know the one I'm talking about, where you're 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 I don't know, you're walking to the corner, you got blood all over your face, and and it, and it just says on there, it's like um. Oh, you play you play a sport like soccer where you pretend to be hurt, and I play a sport where I pretend not to be hurt. And you're just leaping oh, yeah. everywhere. I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's the best one. Huh. I'm glad you enjoyed my pain. <laughs> no, that's not. What... <laughs> you weren't in pain there, were you? No, I was you got... in pain. I was in pain for several weeks afterwards. I, I bet. Well, that's like that. Uh, did you ever see that video of uh, John when he had that? Uh, uh, wicked gash on his last head and it's his it's his buddies are his cornermen right like and and they're at the hospital and they're they're grabbing his cut and they're like opening oh, yeah, and closing yeah. it and they're talking like a mouth and stuff and he's just sitting there in pain it's like what the fuck are you guys so doing disgusting. to this guy you know you gotta make it funny though i mean what else to oh, do right yeah. it sucks man i've had my nose broke seven times in the last four months you know just uh-huh. it never heals it just keeps re-breaking and training somebody will somebody will yeah. hit me you know, training and and it re-breaks, you know, and then it's like fuck. Yeah. And then my girlfriend will fix it. She's a physiotherapist, so she'll oh, that's, that's push it helpful. back over. But it's like you know, but you go through that, and it's like it doesn't matter when you're fighting, but it sucks when it happens in training because then now you're like, well, damn it, now I gotta, you know, now I got this uh, uh, flinch reflex, right? It's happening all the time, and I'm trying to get over that because I'm not actually afraid to get hurt. I just don't want it to re-break again before the fight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll get you out of here, Kevin. Um, We like to ask you, high-level pros, if you have any words of wisdom for any upcoming fighters, amateur fighters, or just guys trying to make it in the game. Um, Yeah, I mean, kind of what I was talking about earlier is that... uh, you just gotta you just gotta get in there as much as you can. You you can't always be so concerned with taking the the safe fights or the right fights, because it, nothing will ever be experience. You know, um, particularly in, in Muay Thai and kickboxing, even more so here in North America where it is so tough to to get um, experience. You know, uh, you know when I was coming up, I, I was fighting guys who outweighed me by like 30 pounds sometimes which is really stupid and i would never tell anybody to do but it was also the thing that helped get me to where i'm at today so it's tough for me to say i would never tell anyone to do that but i'm not going to tell them not to do it either you know it's it's in all things you have to be willing to make the sacrifices you need to in order to get to 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 that high level or else you're never going to get there if you're always waiting for the perfect opportunity in anything it's never going to happen because there are no perfect opportunities you have to make the best of what you got to work with so you just just got to keep working you know keep striving keep your head down and, and never give up if if you want if this is something you want to do you just got to do it. There is no, if it's easy, if, if it's not, you know, it's easy to look at someone like myself and, and think, well, I mean, I, I hope people don't think that, but that it was easy for me to get here. Like you have no earthly idea how difficult it was and how difficult it still is to this day. It always will be. Yeah. You got any sponsors you want to shout out? Yeah. On it, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Triumph United as well. Um, I think that's my only ones right now. Oh, we're gonna have to get Kevin Ross some more sponsors. <laughs> they, they they take really great care of me. Yeah. <laughs> and where can the fans find you? 
Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, The Soul Assassin on uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter is with a D-A because I had to do it that way. And then uh, Facebook is just The Soul Assassin. So pretty easy to find if you just look me up. Cool. And can you send us an address where we can send you something? Of course. Just yeah. PM it to us and we'll, we'll send you so and your shirt size. Yeah, no doubt. I'll do that. Wonderful. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Kevin. It was a real honor to have you on and talk with you today. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast again today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Today's podcast was brought to you by Audible.com. So if you guys head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash spice, you get uh, yourself a free ebook credit as well as a 30-day free trial of audible.com. Download anything. They got all sorts of books, fiction, fact, everything. 180,000 different selections of book titles. They're releasing new titles every month. So check them out and have a book from us. Shoot us a call and let us know what book you downloaded. We're also brought to you by Dragon Mist. So if you guys go to www.wickeddragonmist.com and enter the promo code MISSSPICE, you'll have a 30% discount. Or you can visit them in their three retail locations, Bower Mall in Red Deer, Alberta, the West Edmonton Mall, and the Kingsway Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. And we're brought to you by Wicked Alternative Body Fashion. So if you guys go to www.wickedbodyjewelry.ca, use the promo code WICKEDSPICE, you'll save 30% on your purchase there. Or you can visit them in their three retail locations in the Bower Mall, the West Edmonton Mall, and the Kingsway Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. We're also brought to you by Balanced Nutrition, food prep made easy. So head on over to Balanced Nutrition on Facebook and uh, enter the promo code SPICE10. Receive 10% off uh, 10 meals or more and uh, check them out. Have some easy made cooking. That's Balanced Nutrition, meal prep made easy.